Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Psalm, Psalms chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or set in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit and its season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. You may be seated. When we begin to look at Psalm chapter 1, it starts out here in the CSB version, and it says, How happy is the one? Well, that word happy can also be translated blessed. And I actually prefer the translation of that uh, word uh, to blessed because happy is an emotion. It can be a feeling. Happiness is fleeting. Right? Happiness, uh, you can have happiness one moment and be good to go, and then the next moment something bad happens and your happiness goes right out the door. But one thing that can never change if you are a child of Christ is that you are always blessed. Amen. So blessed is the one. Now when he is going to, what the uh, psalmist is going to say here is he's going to give us some things about being blessed and what it means and specifically uh, how you and I need to live our lives but we want to live lives that are blessed. And so the first thing we should talk about is what does it mean to be blessed. We've, uh, in this world, have our blessings as we see them many times tied to tangible items. And of course that's true, right? God has blessed me and he's blessed you uh, with a job, uh, a roof over your head, clothes on the back, food on the table, right? He's blessed you. Those are the blessings of God. But we many times tie our, how much God has blessed us to these tangible items. But in God's economy, the most uh, in general, it is the intangibles that are more valuable than the tangibles. Amen. Yeah. Right? Joy is an intangible that is more valuable than any car that you could possibly own. Amen. Peace is an intangible that is more valuable than any house you could own. Any apartment you could rent. Right? These are intangibles. Salvation is an intangible that nothing in this world can compare to because it was bought by the blood of Christ. His life was given and sacrificed for you and I. That's something that we cannot see nor feel, but we have experienced because of the grace of God. Amen. And that salvation can never be taken away. Your peace and your joy do not have to be lost. Those are intangibles that are blessings that God gives with us. But many times we as Christians, we become focused on the tangible blessings and we forget about the intangible blessings. And so therefore we tie our blessedness with our happiness. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have the tangible items that we want, 
we become unhappy and we question God's goodness and we question has he really blessed us. I was uh, driving uh, home from work one day uh, last week, I think it was, or the week before, I, I can't remember exactly, but I was driving home and I was uh, in the middle of 95 traffic. You know, it was very heavy traffic. Um, and I was thinking about the person uh, who was, uh, I was listening to a, a sermon and he was talking about bad things happening and, and, and evil in the world. And to be honest with you, his sermon was kind of terrible. Uh, it did not leave me feeling like God was in control. He kept telling me that God was in control, but then he kept telling me why all these evil things happen without telling me that God, you know, is going to, you know, give us any kind of uh, protection or joy or peace during the midst of all of these evil, terrible things. And I remember sitting there going, my goodness, I feel worse at the end of that sermon than when I started, right? And I started thinking about this world and, and, all of, and all the bad and all the evil in the world. And it got me thinking about murder and abortion. And got me thinking about all the folks, that, the domestic abuse and the violence and all of the things that occur in our world. These awful, evil things, destructive, vile forces. And this sermon caused me to get depressed and focus on those things. And as I was driving in traffic and I literally was going, my goodness, God, uh, how in the world this is awful? How, how does this all happen? You know, and how can we be blessed? You know, we don't, we, we, this is terrible stuff happening to good people and good Christians and people that love you. And as I was driving, I had this giant uh, uh, cargo van in front of me in this heavy traffic. And just for a moment, I looked up and I, it was just a beautiful afternoon sky. And I could see the clouds and I could see the trees as I was driving around, on the, uh, driving down 95. And when I looked up, I felt the Holy Spirit prick my heart and say, you're measuring my blessings by the traffic in front of you, not by my presence around. Oh my wow. goodness gracious. You're focused on, I, I literally, I was focused on this van in front of me and getting to my house. And I was, it was spiraling in all these negative things and all of the stuff that is allowed to happen. But when I looked up, I just felt prick that uh, God's overwhelming goodness covers all of it. And his goodness far outweighs the evil. But what happens is you and I, begin, we get single-minded and single-focused. And we don't see God as the big picture and his goodness and his love and his grace. We get focused on that item right in front of us while not looking at the horizon and looking at creation. Amen. And I started to feel better as I began to look and I started thinking about all of the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is evil, but God's goodness triumphs and never fails. Amen. That's the blessing I'm talking about. Bad things happen. Evil things happen. Uh, destruction happens in this world. Yes, Sickness and pain. But the blessings of God, while tied to physical things, the more important are the intangibles, like joy and peace Amen. and salvation. Yes. Those things that we take for granted when we have them, 
yes. and miss them when we don't. Yes. He says, so, I uh, went on a tangent there. Uh, <laughs> so happy is, or blessed is the one who does not what? Walk in the advice of the wicked. We're going to watch, see something interesting as the author goes through these first a couple of verses, but he first says, uh, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the, in the counsel and the advice and the wisdom of the wicked. Now, uh, the book of James tells us that man's wisdom, his earthly wisdom, is demonic. It's evil. It comes from Satan himself. Man's wisdom is the one that convinces us that human life is not valuable. Man's wisdom is what convinces us of our, you know, to be selfish and self-centered. Yeah. And the Bible says if you and I want to be blessed with those intangibles, if we want to be blessed by God, then the first step is we cannot take advice or counsel, counsel from the world. Amen. The world is getting its wisdom from what it can see with its eyes and what it gets through just science. But here's the thing. Science without faith just leads to sadness. Mm -hmm. Right? Because all you do is you see sickness that can't be cured. All you see is destruction and patterns in the, in the earth uh, that, uh, you know, tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes and and, and all these scientific principles are important. But we must also understand that there's faith element for us that we know the one who put in place the laws of physics. Yes. Who put in place all of these things and that he's in full control with his omnipotence and his uh, omnipresence and his all-knowing, his omniscience. Amen. We cannot just take counsel from the wicked, because the wicked do not know God. Amen. And they leave God out. Mm -hmm. It is the wicked that tells us it's okay, uh, counsels a woman who's uh, nine months pregnant and giving birth, that it's okay to go ahead and kill that child. That's evil, demonic wisdom. It's evil, demonic wisdom when uh, a, a, a family is canceled, counseled by the world to be split because they just don't get along anymore. I'm not talking about sexual abuse or physical abuse. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about when I just decide that I don't love someone anymore. And so instead of working hard to make it work, we get, we get evil counsel that says, ah, just get a divorce. Start fresh somewhere else. That's evil, wicked counsel. It's evil counsel to say, let's move in together before we've made that covenant relationship before God. Amen. When someone says, well, you've got to live together first so that you know that you can get along. That's the counsel of the world. That's demonic wisdom. That goes against exactly what the word teaches us. Amen. The Bible teaches us that Adultery is wrong, but the uh, evil of the world would counsel us to go and do what pleases ourselves. Amen. Right? The, the, the Bible teaches us that drugs and alcohol to become drunk is wrong, but evil counsel tells us it makes us feel good for a moment. Mm -hmm. And so when you and I are in the midst of uh, making decisions, do not seek counsel from the wicked 
Don't seek counsel from your friends that don't know Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't seek counsel from your family members that don't know Christ as Lord and Savior. You go to God and you go to those who know God and get counsel from them. Yes. When you and I take counsel from the world, when we uh, take their wisdom and act upon it, it always ends in destruction. Amen. Yeah. Always mm -hmm. ends in destruction. And so therefore our joy and our peace and many times even our physical blessings are destroyed or damaged in some way because the world gave us evil counsel, advice, wisdom. If you and I want to have, uh, be blessed and have those intangibles, we must not stand in the pathway with sinners. So we're not to... Walk in the advice or the counsel of the wicked, and we're not to stand in the pathway of sinners. That means we're not to congregate with people who do not love Christ, who are trying to encourage us to participate in their bad behavior. Yes. It's the old adage when uh, you would say to your parents, uh, I want to go do so and such, and the parent would say no, and then you say, well, little Johnny's parents are letting him go, and your parents say, well, if little Johnny jumped off a cliff, would you jump off too, right? That's what we're talking about here, allowing sinners, those who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior, who are at war with God, right, uh, to, uh, 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 to affect our behavior. So that we're doing and participating in activities that we know are wrong. We have relationships with people who are unequally yoked. Now the Bible says that we are, can be unequally yoked with a spouse, right? A, a, a husband or a wife. But you can also be unequally yoked in other relationships. Any relationship that you have with someone that does not know Christ as Lord and Savior... That you allow to affect your decision making so that you are rebellious and sinful before God. That is a relationship that is unhealthy and will bring pain and hurt and suffering. And it will damage our blessing, our joy, and our peace of mind. So we must stay away from sinners and not participate in their behaviors. And then finally, the psalmist says, or set in the company of mockers. Now what this means here is it's those people who sit back and judge. So there's a progression here. Taking counsel from the wicked, walking with them, and then standing with sinners and doing what they do, and then finally, getting so comfortable with the crowd that you're now setting in judgment of those around you. Believing that everything's right with you and everything's wrong with everybody else. And this ultimately will turn into mocking God and being upset at God and being mad at God. You'll, you'll you know, begin to blame everything around you for all of your trouble. That's the world that we live in today, right? We don't blame our own poor decision making. We want to blame someone else. We always want to be the victim. And unfortunately, that victim mentality has caused people to not take responsibility for their own actions and their own choices and the consequences that come with those choices. When the Bible clearly says to you and I as Christians, if we want to have a blessed life, 
Don't take counsel from the wicked. Don't walk in sin with sinful people. And don't sin and mock others, mock God, and mock God's law. Pretty simple and straightforward. It says, instead of those things, the psalmist says, our delight is in the Lord's instruction. It means that you and I are to be a dive into God's word. If we're not having peace, if we're not experiencing joy, if we're frustrated and upset and filled with anxiety and doubt and discouragement and anger and resentment, the first thing is we cut off the relationships and the advice of the world. The second is we get close to God. We seek His word and His instruction. It says we meditate on it on a day and night. That means you take God's word, you put it in your heart, and you think about it all day. Mm -hmm. And you begin to wonder and seek God on how you can apply it to your life. Mm -hmm. And what you will find over time as you study God's word, you read God's word, and you call upon God, that when you face difficult circumstances, that word will come from nowhere and encourage you and uplift you. And it will restore that peace and that joy that was lost. Mm -hmm. Or that you are feel like you are missing. Mm -hmm. It starts with seeking God and seeking his word and studying his word and meditating on his word. Amen. Meditating means you don't just read your devotion, but you stop and think about it. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you, but uh, for many times in my life, my devotion has been a checkbox. Uh. Right? Okay, I did it today. Check. I did it today. Check. I'm on the Bible uh, app, that version app. And uh, my wife and my mom love to invite me randomly to plans. And I feel guilty if I don't accept them. Like, uh, you know, uh, I have the shame thing. So I accept them. But the truth of the matter is, while many of them are good, there are some that I accept out of duty, and so I just do it to check box so mom knows I did it, or Kelly knows that I did it, right? I'll read it and everything, but I'm not really soaking it in, right? And that's how we become with our, our study of God's Word, as it becomes a task, a job, instead of what it's supposed to be, which is spending time and hearing from God. Amen. Many times we want to all. We want a word from God. God, I'm in this circumstance. I'm feeling this pain. God, I'm, I'm losing my joy. I'm losing my peace. I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning and hope and pray the pastor pray, prays over me and gives me a word. Mm. And God says, you got the word all week long. Right. Amen. We have it all. 66 books of it. Yep. And if you and I will pick it up and read it, you will find that God will speak to you through his word. Yes. Man will fail you. God will never fail you, and his word will never return void. Amen. I'm going to make mistakes. Every once in a while, I'm going to get in the flesh and say something I ain't supposed to say. <laughs> I let my emotions or something I'm thinking or feeling come across. But this right here... This will never change. Amen. This applies to your life. So if we read it, we meditate it, we study it, we actually look for it as God's voice to us in this world. God will speak to you through it in strange ways 
things that you never expected. I had it happen this week where a single verse was sent to me that I had read and had been sent to me before, and I blew it off and, you know, it was like, oh, it didn't really mean anything to me. And then this week, for whatever reason, I read it, and it stuck, and I felt like God was speaking directly to me through that scripture. There was no audible voice from heaven, but that verse meant something to me at that particular time. God spoke to me through his word. And so we're to meditate on it day and night. And here's the thing. If you and I will seek God and study his word and meditate on it, it says in verse 3, that person is like a tree uh, planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Yeah. That picture that's here when it says that it's a, like being a tree planted by flowing streams has the idea of irrigation, right? So irrigation is when you have a crop and you bring water from another source to water that crop, right? So if there's no rain, you actually can bring the water, or if you're too far away, you know, to be able to, to water, you bring this water from this greater source into the fields to make sure those plants stay watered. Listen, our source of water is God and the Holy Spirit, and we are irrigated by that. But when you and I walk in the counsel of the wicked and walk with sinners and we mock God's law and live in rebelliousness, we cut off the irrigation stream to the source of God's supply. Amen. <laughs> but if we are obedient and seek God and seek Him first and commit His word in our heart, that stream flows and we are the plant that is living off the very presence, power, yeah. breath of God. And that plant can never be shaken, can never be destroyed, can never be torn loose, can never be cut down because it is given its divine strength and power to produce and thrive by God himself. Yeah. So you may be planted, oh, hear me this morning, you may be planted in a barren wasteland, but as long as you have the watering of God, He will ensure the streams make it your way so that you're not suffering in that barren land. Amen. The source of your peace, the source of your joy, the source will make sure He finds His way to you. You just got to attach to it. Mm -hmm. Through seeking him, reading his word, meditating on his word. It'll never run dry. Mm -hmm. It'll never run dry. It says that this plant will bear fruit in its season. So many times Christians are not bearing fruit because they're not getting water. We're not bearing fruit because we're not getting water. We used to do a, um, a, a little science experiment when we were kids. You may have done this where you take a carnation and you split it in half, the stem in half, and you put one in one color water with food coloring and the other in a, another color water with food coloring. And eventually the carnation 
will change colors because it's bringing in all those nutrients in. Well, here's the thing. You and I cannot plug in to the spoiled vinegar of the world and wonder why our branches are drying out. Amen. Amen. We can't do it. So we've got to do an introspection of where we are, where do we stand, where, what are we doing if we're not experiencing joy, if we do not have peace, why? It is always going to be that we've slowly severed our source with God. And we've tied into a source that's bitter water. That eventually will dry out our roots. But if we'll stick with God as our source, we will bear fruit. And listen to this. A tree does not eat its own fruit. That's right. (laughs) A tree produces fruit for others to consume. So when you and I are producing fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and I think I missed one or two, faith, I can't, faithfulness, I don't remember. I've done messed it up, but I named, I named more than 90% of them. Uh, when you're producing those fruit, they're not for you. They're not just for you. That fruit is for those around how we interact with others, how we treat others, how we show them the love of Christ. Our fruit is not for us. Our fruit is for others. So you and I, when we're bearing fruit, if the fruit that we bear will also de- is determined by what's inside of us, mm-hmm. whether it's edible or not. And our fruit is not born in selfishness, but it's born with a focus on serving others. And the promise is, is that the, the, the leaf on that tree will not wither. Meaning it will not die, it cannot be destroyed. The sun may blare down, and the cold may come in, the weather may change drastically, but as long as that tree is being watered by that source, as long as you and I are tied into the source of God, the Holy Spirit, and tied into that, we will not wither. We will not die. Amen. We will be strong and healthy and vibrant. Because the enemy cannot destroy you because God stands in front of him. God does, the enemy cannot do anything to you and I that God does not first allow. And if God allows you to go through it, he will make sure that you come out the other side. He promised. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. And then whatever this tree does, whatever he does, will prosper. You wonder why Every time, if we're putting our hands to things, and we're working and we're striving, but it's turning to dust. It's because we're walking and taking counsel with sinners, or with the wicked, walking with sinners, and living in rebelliousness before God. That's why. And so we have to check ourselves. I have to check myself. God... I don't have peace. I don't have joy. Why? 
Everything I put my hands to seems like it's turned into dust. Why? Everything I'm striving to work on, everything I'm, I'm putting effort into, it doesn't seem like it's working out. Why? Go to God first. Yes. And he'll show us the why. And then if we'll confess before him, he'll forgive us and he can restore that peace and that joy that we've lost. I just want to look one more time at verse 4. One, one more verse. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. When you are sifting grain and wheat, you want the good part, which is the grain, but all of those leaves and all that dry stuff with it, you don't want. That's called chaff. And the grain is actually heavier than the chaff. So what they would do is, is they would take it in these baskets and they would toss it. And what would happen is the grain would fall back in the basket, but the chaff would be blown away. The useless part would be blown off. Now here's the interesting part, right? When I'm sifting grain and the grain falls back in, what does the world see? The chaff. Mm -hmm. Right? But that chaff... It's seen and it's visible and it blows everywhere and it looks like, you know, it's the only part, you, but you don't see the, the grain, that valuable piece. The only person that sees the grain is the person holding hmm. what they're using to sift it with. Wow. <laughs> and so when you and I are, are walking through this world, know that the wicked deeds are chaff. They're things that are just being spread, and the world may see them. They're like fireworks. They're there for a moment, but they have no lasting value. Up in the air, and the wind takes it and disperses it. We don't want to live our lives that way. I don't want to be chaff. I want to serve God, know Him. I want to continue to be blessed by those intangibles, not just the tangibles, but the intangibles. Mm -hmm. Because the intangibles, it's like Jesus said, don't lay up your treasure here on earth. Lay it up in heaven where rust and moth can't destroy it. Because at any moment, those tangible things can be lost. My health can be lost. We live in a, a, a world that is, uh, is uh, corrupted by sin. Nature itself fights against itself. Did you know that in the Garden of Eden, lions didn't eat lambs? Mm -hmm. There was no death. Mm -hmm. But when sin entered the world, everything changed. The whole world, not just man, the world was corrupted. And so bad things happen. We get sick. We can lose our health. We can have pain in our families. We can lose our jobs. We can lose our homes in a fire. Whatever. We can lose anything tangible at any moment. But the one thing that we can always hold on to are those intangible things, those gifts, those blessings from God, those intangible things, his joy, his peace, his salvation. Those can never be taken from us. They're intangibles that the enemy cannot touch. He can't do it. Let us stay.
Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.